Welcome, dear listeners, to Monster Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Cameron. I'm back. I made it. Um, <laughs> it's been about, what, a month? Six weeks? Something at this point? A little while? Um, but I've managed to make it back uh, through the rough patches of various just bits and bobs happening all over the place. Uh, and I'm back here hosting this evening. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm joined by my two illustrious co-hosts, as usual, uh, Dave and Leonard. Dave, how are you today? I'm not doing too bad. It's, it's good to be back regularly. <laughs> I think I missed an episode here and there, but yeah. we're all back at it more or less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Leonard, yourself? Already sweltering here, Cameron. It's Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Seven uh, twenty-three, and uh, in order to ensure that uh, our dear listeners do not uh, hear sirens and car horns and uh, <laughs> loud, uh, wild uh, parrots, uh, mm. yes, uh, fun, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I have had to close every single window in the apartment and turn off the ceiling fan just so. We have nice, crisp, clean audio for all of you lovely people out there. And by we, I mean me, but I've started addressing <laughs> myself with the royal we now, apparently. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you deserve it, yes. It is. Yeah, uh, it's, actually, yeah. It's 2021. It, no. Well, and yeah. also, it's just it's the heat getting to me, and I've already become delusional. <laughs> Fair you enough. Give yourself the vapors. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, I might be sweltering over here, but it has been unusually cold and wet in Perth as of late, uh, to the point where we had flooding throughout most of the central city yesterday. Uh, fortunately, none here yet, but we've all just been looking around for water damage. <laughs> nice. Yeah, good time. Make sure the roof doesn't fall in while you're asleep. Um, <laughs> but with that... Uh, we are, once again, as we've been for the last few episodes, talking about Castlevania. Because it's a good show, got lots of monsters in it, we might as well talk about it. We will be covering this episode, the um, first three episodes of Season 3 of Netflix's Castlevania show. Uh, and um, yeah, let's jump right in. Season 2 ended on a, a big climax, obviously, uh, but there is more story to be told here. And thus... Uh, we find dear sweet Alucard alone in his father's former castle, now his, I suppose, uh, very quickly losing his mind. Like, ridiculously quickly. <laughs> Honestly. It's been a month, and he has two sock puppets of Trevor and Cypher, and he's talking to them. Very normal. It's, it's yes. Yeah. Um, That's fine. <laughs> so I, I think it's interesting uh uh because because of the way that season two wrapped up, uh which is hey, the party did the thing. Um mm. uh and now that the uh, uh the threat has been conquered, uh the party disbands because what, that you expected them to just live together forever, like just <laughs> harping at each other? No, 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 no. Uh, Trevor and Sypha have uh, gone off to uh, call the rest of uh, Dracula's uh, night beasts 
Uh, Alucard has uh, become the caretaker of uh, the Belmont Hold uh, and mm -hmm. its library of, of mystical books and items and artifacts, along with uh, Dracula's castle, uh, conveniently located. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Half right a mile there. away. It's like it's like the worst Airbnb. Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Room with a view. Um, uh, and so, because uh, so many, so uh, this has been a, a big reset, and because so many things have changed, and because the party has split, there are multiple storylines going on at the same mm. time. Uh, yeah. This season that will all inevitably converge because that's what good writing does, and I can only assume that there's going to be good writing in this season, like the previous. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a fair assessment to just go down uh, what each individual is doing, or uh, each group is doing. Mm. Uh, uh, so as you mentioned, we have Alucard. Uh, living his best depressed life, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, gathering wild uh, onions, which uh, that wild yep. onion looked great. Uh, mm. um, uh, karate chopping a trout uh, in the back <laughs> yeah. of the neck to kill it, which is great. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a would. good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That, Quick and painless, just like mm. just like you'd expect somebody. You know, he doesn't need to make his food suffer. So, uh, but yes, Alucard's going crazy because now he's alone, completely and utterly yeah. alone. Um, uh, uh, Tre Trevor and Sypha once again on their uh on their venture to uh, call the night creatures uh, have mm -hmm. created uh. Some kind of wacky routine where she pretends to be a helpless traveler <laughs> to lure them yeah. in closer. Um, mm. We have uh, Carmilla, who mm -hmm. uh, has finally returned to Strega, uh, which is uh, located in the icy frozen north. Uh, yep. Hector uh, is there with her, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And we are introduced to uh, Carmilla's court. Uh, Cameron, want to get into the, these new players? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this this is a coven of vampires. Uh, Carmilla does not... Well, Carmilla is technically in charge, but, you know, they are, they are four equals, but one is slightly more equal than the other because this whole thing was her idea. Uh, and yet, yeah, this whole this whole frozen kingdom of Styria is ruled by these four uh, vampire women. There's Carmilla, who is the spark of inspiration in the group. There is Striga, who is uh, an enormous berserker woman and is absolutely terrifying. Uh, she is the muscle of the group. Um, Manana? Oh God, getting names. Morana. Morana. Yeah, just switch a couple of letters around. Murano, who is uh, the intelligence of the group, you know, likes to plan and plot and think tactically about supply lines and things. And Lenore, who is the group's diplomat. Uh, you know, the, the, this is a, a sort of a very um, different power structure to what we've seen with a lot of the vampire culture, quote-unquote, in the rest of the show. You know, 
Dracula's in charge and everyone's bloating, but otherwise vampires tend to live relatively independently, whereas here in Styria, Carmilla has, as we know, a full army of vampires and is ruling as part of this council, essentially. Uh, and yeah, so these four are going to sort of play off each other for the um the Styria plotline of the show. Along with Hector, of course. Um, yes. Yeah. There is, uh, not in this episode, but in the next one, but this is another storyline that's going on, is uh, Isaac is out in the world after being thrown into the desert by Dracula, <laughs> uh, making his way back to civilization, essentially, as his storyline. Uh, yeah, uh, this it is always interesting to me to come back to this, because the first two seasons are, I would, I would say, like, pretty well... Oh, I must well bound. That's the thing that comes to mind. Um, you know, it's it's a single, quite direct plot line overall. Like there's different players and everything, but it's mostly all driving towards the same point. But here we have four separate storylines that are going on in like continuously, interchangeably throughout each of the episodes. Uh, it actually makes them feel a lot longer because they managed to pack a lot into these episodes in season three. Um, we got a lot of great stuff. Um, yes, so Alucard is going absolutely nuts in his castle. Uh, and yes, as you said, Trevor and Cypher have um, set up as monster hunters, effectively. Uh, Trevor is very used to this life. He's very tired of it. Uh, but Cypher, you know, she's having an adventure. This is all new to her. She's having a great time. Uh, and once they um, defeat a small band of night creatures that attack them, they tie one to the back of the cart and head into the next town. Catch um catch some attention and say, hey, we're not like those bandits or the other terrible night creatures or that one guy who has a sailboat on wheels drawn by a horse who calls <laughs> himself highway, the pirate of the road. The high, yeah, the highway pirate. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that guy. Maybe that's where, um, God, what is his name? Jack, the original. Oh. The fourth character went. <laughs> oh, uh, Grant. Grant Dynasty. Mm. Mm. Grant, maybe that's Grant Dynasty. <laughs> He's out there living his best life. <laughs> oh, man. I love that name. I love. They're like, oh, man, we've got to name a pirate. Uh, well, we'll just call him Grant, but he should have a really piratey last name. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty. Dynasty. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I just wanted to break. Uh, wanted to uh, uh, um, uh, note that the uh, night creatures that they drag into uh, into mm-hmm. town is uh, a, a very uh, classic Castlevania uh, uh, monster. It is a. It is the kung fu werewolf, which is yep. one of my favorite. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite Castlevania monsters, because uh, he just basically iron fists fights you uh, mm. whenever you encounter him. Uh, he, he's great. Uh, it was a it was really nice to see him. I love that they uh, uh, gave him his uh, his sash that he, mm. he always wears. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, once again, uh, good good use of classic Castlevania creatures. I think the I think the ones that attack Sypha were were supposed to be mermen, 
It's kind of hard mm. to tell because they didn't really get a chance to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, a Minotaur, which uh, yeah. is never quite as interesting as the Kung Fu Werewolf. Well, no, what could be more interesting than a Kung Fu Werewolf? <laughs> it is It is a fun design. It's actually a pretty good like reintroductory fight, I guess. I'm not sure who's picking this show up in Season 3, but... If you do, hey, here's here's how Trevor and Cipher work. Yes. <laughs> um, two very different styles of combat. Um, yeah, and so they drag the Kung Fu Werewolf into a small town called Lindenfeld, and here we're introduced to a, another character. This is Saint Germain. Um, you know, a very well learned, educated man, uh, decked out much more nicely than everyone else in town. Uh, who argues about the uh, the value of local coins versus foreign coins, and and, you know. and the cost of apples? <laughs> yeah, he's he honestly he was about to get into a rant about fiat currency. I'm pretty sure because <laughs> <laughs> making making a lot about how your coin is bigger and heavier and is made of more silver, and shouldn't it be more valuable then? But yeah, um, yeah, he seems to be you know um very different to everyone else. He's obviously a traveler of some kind he doesn't seem to be a resident here uh and he you know he's intrigued by the appearance of a wagon dragging a night creature as is the rest of the town um we get a, you know a little bit of um cultural info again the the leader of the town here is called a judge uh sort of a sort of a headman or a landlord from back before they started having actual lords as titles and things like that uh and we also have um, the setup for the main hook of the Trevor Cipher storyline here, which is uh, there's a group of monks who live in the local priory who show up with the uh, there's there's a proper name for it, but it's for me it's the the brimstone sigil from Binding of Isaac on their arm. Yes, uh. well, yes, they're wearing they're wearing green armbands with an alchemical symbol. Mm. Uh, uh, on them, uh, which yeah. is red flag number one. Uh, well, mm. no, actually, that's red flag number two. Red flag yes. number one is that Prior Sala uh, is uh, has the best animated crazy eyes that I think oh, I've ever man. seen. I, um, he blinks like once in once, this entire yeah, it's episode. Like you think I he's think. not gonna blink? You just got that stare, and he's. <laughs> this is not respectful. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely not Rasputin. Um, Rasputin was more together. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I yeah. I love the way I love the way his his eyes are drawn. Oh, I, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like aside from the not blinking, I don't think I've mm. ever seen um like a clear representation of oh yeah this guy's nuts based yeah. <laughs> solely on how their eyes are drawn like this guy and i think mm. this should be the standard for the animation standard for how you draw the eyes of crazy people moving forward. oh yeah well, like, it's, it's, it's a um it's, it's almost like a childlike in the sense like they're they're very round and just kind of watery mm. But and they just, feel like they're looking past everything. Yeah, it's they've combined like weird innocence with the like thousand yard stare. Yeah, mm. 
Yeah. Then then he speaks, and yeah, he's definitely nuts because he's again also got a great voice. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh he's very pleased that uh, Trevor and Cypher have killed this night creature because it betrayed Dracula. Yep. <laughs> um, which you know our, our first clue that the monks here are not your usual Judeo-Christian worshippers. Um, you know the, the night creature. Yeah. Well, the night creatures betrayed betrayed Dracula. Brayla, it's a good thing it was punished. You know, being killed and then dragged behind a wagon is the least it deserves. Hey, who are you guys? I heard Dracula. Uh, Dracula's dead. Did you know that? Yeah, and and I heard that a speaker was involved. Weird yeah. that you're a speaker here, <laughs> so cl- in such close proximity to. Well, actually, I don't think that they know that because they think that mm. Dracula's castle just went to hell. Um, because, yeah, because Lisa's in hell and mm. Dracula went to hell to join his wife. Oh man, that that's a that's a great line. Is Dracula's wife is alive in hell and he has gone to join her? I'm like, okay, yeah, is she right? alive in hell? I think she's just in hell. <laughs> um. Uh, also, I, it's revealed that at this point, it's become common knowledge that, hey, the whole Dracula snafu, that was the church. And everyone's mm. like, mm, yeah, all that right. That makes sense. Well, well. <laughs> it was going to happen eventually, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what tipped everybody off? Maybe it was a giant flaming face in the sky. Hmm. Yeah, maybe there was a, a whole year of people telling the story of how the church burned this witch, and then a giant flaming face appeared, and then a year later that, you know, Dracula started burning the country to the ground. Maybe it was yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but what word has gotten around? Um, I love uh, Enterprising Merchant number three here, who just shows up with a pair of plies and a hammer and says, can I take the teeth out of Kung Fu Werewolf? Yes. <laughs> Give you two coins. <laughs> No, three. Three coins for two. Three coins. And then, yeah, and he's like, yeah, well, Trevor's like, yeah, that, that's fair. Three, well, I'll take three coins. You can have them, but you gotta get them by yourself. And then the guy's just so excited, but can't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. He's just in the background, um, keeps slipping, and it's like he, he, he's attempting, mm. like, two or three times, and then we don't see yeah. the resolution of that, other than, you know, he's having a real hard time with this. <laughs> Despite having yeah. brought like blacksmith tools, mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh and, and and we should talk about the judge. Um, yes. Oh, yes. Who who I uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say Oscar Isaac, but uh, um, mm. it's not Oscar. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> uh, um. It, it, Malfoy's dad is oh, <laughs> Jason yeah. Isaacs. Yeah. There we go. Jason Isaacs. Uh, Malfoy's dad, uh, Satan from Castlevania, Lords mm-hmm. of Shadow. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's a that's the that's your uh, two two degrees of separation. Oscar Isaac. Or no, ah, mm. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> They can only be one Isaacs. Yeah, Jason Isaacs <laughs> uh, uh, and Castlevania. Uh, yeah, uh, and I mm. believe he is voicing the judge because yes. uh, the judge, <laughs> of course, being a, a medieval 
upsetting township judge uh, looks like the sketchiest guy you've ever seen. <laughs> He's he very does, proven he, proper. He, yeah, well, he, he comports himself like really well. Yeah. Like, like out of yeah. all of the just random townsfolk we've met, this guy doesn't look like you should trust him, but you probably can. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It seems very. It's, it's, it's just as long as you don't like Welsh on your end of whatever the deal is, it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. He, he's actually looking out for the best interest of the town. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I mean, we see in we see like next episode. He's he runs a well organized town. Yes. And that that includes saving the majority of the people who live in it, mm-hmm. which is better than a lot of villages have done, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And th- this is sort of our setup for the whole of the this Lindenfeld arc, which is the sort of the most gripping and like most focused on narrative overall like more happens here because it's you know it's an investigation mystery what's going on with the priory and all the crazy monks and you know what's going on with the rest of the town what are trevor and cypher going to do here all that kind of thing whereas the other stories are a little less action heavy i would say at the very least um well they're all more um they're long game stories like yeah ones that they're in the process of happening because whatever it is is like further out Mm. right yeah but this is more immediate something's here we can immediately do something about everyone else is like well we have a plan to do a thing eventually eventually yeah yeah whereas this is uh very in the moment in comparison because trevor and cypher are living the adventurous life they don't worry about long-term plans. They just jump into trouble when they see it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and then... Then we go over to, um, to Camilla, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, uh, the, the, who has had the cartographer, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is a character that is only named and never seen, so I love mm-hmm. the fact that she's just got a cartographer... Uh, most likely a vampire cartographer oh, just assumably. looming around the castle to draw maps for her, which is great. <laughs> um, I would love a vampire cartographer as well. Oh, uh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> uh, and she has come up with a brilliant plan, which is, hey, you know how uh, Dracula was decimating the entire country and uh, now they're is not only a giant power vacuum in the vampire society, but also all the humans are in complete and utter disarray. Hey, let's just turn this corridor that I just had to march through for the last month, let's turn it into a feeding pen and just, like, eat the humans there and raise our Mm. army again because I've got a (laughs) forge master uh, now and he can just make a demon army for us. And hmm. uh, her companions are like, you're nuts, you're crazy. It's also a really good idea. We kind of hate that you're really good at doing this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what Carmilla does in this group. She comes up with the, the crazy idea that just might work, and then the other three refine it down into something achievable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do Usually. love that um, Striga... <laughs> Is she just looks so tired? 
Oh, yeah, she yeah. has the eye bags, uh, which I only really <laughs> n- noticed noticed uh, this uh, watching it again. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, she looks real tired of everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and uh, uh, Morana uh, rightfully points out, yeah, hey, um, you 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 beat the ever-loving hell out of Hector for a month on your way here. Uh, what makes you think that he's going to do anything for us? Also, did you forget that the demons, the night beasts, are loyal to the Forge Master? We really need to, like, get him on our side in order for this plan to work. Uh, mm. And, of course... <laughs> yes, Dave? <laughs> just like that. That's the... That's the thing that Camilla had used against Dracula was that the, the Night mm. were loyal to Hector. And yeah. He, yeah, he, he knows that, and he also hates you now, because you... you, <laughs> you he understood the charade, but that you gave it up, like, too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. I think, I think that was still my favorite part. Is that I thought you were going to pretend to respect him. Mm. Like that's, yeah. Well, yeah. All, she, all she had to do was keep doing along with kind of whatever because that's what he was mm. doing but yeah so we'll we'll see how that pans out because he's obviously been uh, maltreated and they can't just turn him into a vampire because then he cannot be a forge master without being human yep yeah yeah not a lot of options there um and they're also not well equipped to keep uh, a, a human prisoner they don't intend to eat because they have ice water and weevil-infested bread, and that's about it in terms of human foods that are available. Oh, moldy weevil-infested <laughs> bread, in fact. Mm, delicious. Um, uh, so, uh, Lenore, the um, closest to uh, m- uh, magical girl anime vampire <laughs> that the show has uh, has uh, <laughs> has achieved so far uh volunteers to uh to to work on Hector and and get them on uh, on their side. Uh yeah. meanwhile Hector's uh being uh n- naked and locked up in a dungeon uh <laughs> and being miserable uh because that's what traitors get. Uh Yeah. uh and then we jump over to isaac who i think uh this uh for season three is probably the most interesting and compelling character Mm. has the biggest uh uh at least so far has had the biggest uh character arc Mm. uh he has established a uh small Demon army, uh, <laughs> night, uh, demon. I mean, I am going to use night beast and demon interchangeably yeah. because they're basically the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And <laughs> uh, he arrives at Tunis, uh, mm-hmm. and goes into a magic curio shop. Uh, I couldn't tell if the shopkeeper was technically blind and just had a I... really amazing grasp of his inventory. Yeah, um, I yes, think I believe so. he's blind. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's one of those magic shopkeeps. Yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> he is. He is, in fact, a Castlevania magic shopkeeper. <laughs> uh, um, who, uh, who, uh, um, 
Isaac is looking for a transportation mirror. Uh, the shopkeeper's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I used to have one of the uh, Carpathian. I think he said Carpathian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the shopkeeper's like, yeah, I used to have that. Uh, and then I sold it to uh, a lovely couple that didn't go out in the day. I'm sure you know <laughs> what I mean. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, okay, fine. Here's the deal. I don't have that, but I do have this and he produces a lovely box uh, with a uh, uh, viewing mirror that likes to be called sir uh, mm. it just wants to be respected <laughs> yes uh, and uh, the first thing that uh, the Isaac uh, asks for with the viewing mirror is to see Hector and when he sees him in his piteous state he is immediately enthralled <laughs> as you would expect Isaac to be yeah. just at this at his state. Uh the shopkeeper gives him the uh the uh the mirror uh and he uh and and says, Hey, you know what? You're a forge master because I can smell hell on you. Um, <laughs> um and hey, be ha have being owed a favor by a forge master is in my best interest because I fully expect to go to hell one day. Uh, so I'm expecting you to do me a solid because I did you <laughs> one. Yeah, it's a funny joke. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it's it's <laughs> and and it's it's good because it is. Uh, hey, here's a human being uh, not being completely and utterly terrible to Isaac, uh, mm. which uh, is is unusual. Uh, only yeah. for Isaac to be confronted by the uh, town guard, uh, who is like, "Yeah, you need to go because you got demons with you." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I I'm gonna take a boat." He's like, "No, you need to go, go." And so Isaac's like, "Ugh, you know, <laughs> I was really excited about the fact that somebody wasn't com uh, wasn't a complete piece of garbage." Uh, but you've just ruined that, so now you all have to die. I don't need to make any more <laughs> night beasts. Uh, so, hey, army, just feed. Uh, mm. And they do <laughs> wreak havoc. They're eating faces. Uh, there's the there's the, the oh, man. It's the one that looks like like a half melted uh, yeah, monkfish ice cream monkfish. Yeah, thing. Uh, that has the little like mm, the stygial version. version yeah, <laughs> his chest. Uh, that was oh, great. So weird. Yeah, exactly. Aquato. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it's like, how did the guard? Like, how did they think that this was gonna go? They uh, um, they seem to have thought that they were going to just beat these monsters and that everything was going <laughs> to be okay. That is the only thing that I can imagine because <laughs> yeah. it's the only it's the only thing that they could have thought would have happened. They had a I lot of confidence. They, they had give a lot of that. confidence. Well, I don't even know if you can give them that because this was a dumb decision and they didn't even like get to make a move. Like, I don't yeah. think they no. hurt any of the creatures. It was immediately <laughs> one-sided. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, this, and this is the same <laughs> issue I, I brought up, I think, last time, where I don't understand why Dracula's forces kept getting, like, thinned out. Like, 
the night creatures are so much more powerful than people. Mm. It, it, it's 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 not even aside from a few trained individuals. It's not even a contest at, at all. Uh, yeah. Yet, yet he was having like issues trying to wipe out the local area. It's like just a couple night creatures are enough to ravage the countryside, and he had hundreds of them. So mm. I I think there's possibly an argument to be made, and this is going back all the way back to season one, which is uh, when uh, the hero team and that town. Um, you know, banded together to fight off that 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 wave of night creatures. Uh, not everyone was killed. There were survivors, and Trevor did give those people some really applicable advice uh, on dealing with night creatures. So mm. it is possible that they fanned out afterwards and were able to, you know, train other people with with the information that they had acquired there. But that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we I do mean, see what a a trained like you know they're not really mercenaries, but a trained force in in like Lindenfeld, like they're perfectly capable of wiping out attacking yeah. creatures for the most part. Right. Yeah. It it takes like actual soldiery essentially, like a a town militia or a town guard probably aren't going to do very well. But like in the case of Lindenfeld, the judge. Not technically a military leader, but he he treats the town like police force essentially as a military. They're yeah. super well organized and equipped, as opposed to like I'm I'm sure like any number of small villages were just completely wiped out. But right. like more organized towns had and a chance. Like the the at judge least in initially. particular was using old war tactics. Mm. Yeah, like, salt and shit on the weapons. Yeah, tr tried and true <laughs> things that work to uh, destabilize an enemy. Mm, yeah. Versus, um, versus yeah, these guys that are just... Uh, they're, they're all big their damn are, heroes. Their pants is too big. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they you know let loose in the town while Isaac walks for the harbor. Uh, and we, we get to see a very interesting Caribbean man who is bored and is thus going off to sea again, even though he's going somewhere he's been before, at least he's sailing, which is better than sitting here bored. Uh, and then he hears screaming and sees Isaac walking into the head of a bunch of monsters and goes, ah, something interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, this is the captain. No other name. He's forgotten it. Uh, and um, Isaac's like, cool, I'll take your ship and kill you. And he goes, no, no, no. We're bartering here pay me and I'll take you wherever you want to go because you seem interesting. <laughs> yeah. And also and also, hey, do you hey, do you know how to do you know how to sail a ship? He's like, I mm. it's I'm sure it's easy enough. And he's like, mm, if that were true, there wouldn't be sailors now, would there? Uh so <laughs> you're gonna pay me. I'll ferry you. You gotta promise that your beasties won't eat any of my crew because I need my crew, uh, and mm. I'm just going to offer you a fair deal. Like, you're going to pay me for my services. I will take you where you want to go. This is how <laughs> this, this is how <laughs> business works. I am not planning on screwing you over. Uh, once again, mm. interestingly enough, that is the those are the that's the second uh, person 
that knight that Isaac has met that has uh, that has given him a fair shake. Um, and mm. it is uh, there is I I noticed an interesting through line watching this again, which is um, that I suspect both uh, the shopkeeper and the captain shopkeeper because he deals with uh, mystical uh, curios, uh, so on and so forth, mm. and the the captain by simple virtue of being a sailor and at that time you know the reputation that sailors had uh they are both marginalized people uh mm. who probably haven't gotten that fair of a shake in life uh themselves and they have absolutely no interest or desire in screwing over uh another person and yeah these encounters with Isaac's encounters with these people uh, starts to uh, um, uh, have him question whether or not uh, Dracula's genocidal uh, rampage was um, what he actually wanted or whether or not there is something else, some other glorious purpose for him in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, this is sort of the beginning of catalysts for change in Isaac, which takes its time, but is quite satisfying to watch. Especially, you know, having watched the rest of the show, knowing how he ends up by the end of um, next season. <laughs> like the, his his overall story arc is really, really good, and this is where it starts to really kick off. Um, yeah, uh, there... you know. Um, hmm? Oh, I was just going to say, there's a part of me that thinks that uh, the reason that um, Isaac gets so much character development is because, uh, once again, Hector and Isaac are not original characters. They appeared mm. in in a Castlevania game uh, previous uh, uh, to the yeah. series. Uh, however... Uh, the Isaac in the video game is not the Isaac from the series. <laughs> he is a uh, he is a uh, very edgy, tattooed, uh, 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 flaming white, uh, redheaded uh, white man. Yeah, uh, that okay. is yeah. That's like. <laughs> basically wearing one of Valdo's like hand-me-downs uh so he's and he is not particularly interesting at all and I feel like mm. somebody you know because they're referencing these characters and doing the research uh on them was like yeah I can't use this guy as the basis <laughs> of an interesting character so I am going to completely rewrite him and turn him mm -hmm. into an actual interesting character yeah. at, almost as if to make up for his characterization in the game previous <laughs> oh fair enough yeah but at least he's good in this yes <laughs> uh Man, uh, yeah, and um, they set off to sea together, you know, two men with an agreement, and um, I, I guess the captain has a real good hold of his crew, because there's no argument from them about this, at least not immediately. Uh, um, over in, back in Linderfeld, Trevor and Saka have spent the night in an actual bed, which is a nice change from sleeping in the wagon and under trees. Uh, and off in the morning, bright and early, Trevor goes out to get breakfast and runs into Saint-Germain, 
who recognizes him recognizes him pretty quickly as a legitimate Belmont. Uh, buys breakfast for him, you know. You know, establishes that sort of connection. Uh, and then after which, uh, Saint Germain goes off to talk to Prior Salas, like, "Hey, let me inside your priory. I know you're not letting people in, but uh, I can restore books. And I heard you have a lot of damaged books after the incident." Yes, mm, we do not. The care thing that happened. The, we do not care <laughs> about the books in the priory anymore. But some of them <laughs> might have something to do with Dracula. And hell, yeah, you guys are super interested in Dracula and hell, and, you might, and I got a grasp on a bunch of languages, you might want to yeah. yeah, and I heard you lost your only scribe, it's like, yes, we didn't even have to bury all of him. Yes. He was partially devoured. devoured. <laughs> Quite considerate of the chap, really. Just like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Salah is... Really, a damaged person. <laughs> I, I really, I also really like this this interpretation of like a, a, a of of this great this obviously crazy character because you know mm. in media it's so easy to just like have them rant and rave and there's an aspect of his character design that seems like that should be what he's doing all the time, uh, mm. but he is he is just so patient and also kind of wily and cagey um mm. more than you would expect because he does look like a shell-shocked crazy person um, yeah he's very pragmatic yes mm. oh and we should also uh not fail to mention uh that uh saint germain uh, uh referred to trevor as the jesus of murder uh, yes as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's popping some titles out there. He's very good with his words, is yes. Saint Germain. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he speak he talks his way, sweet talks his way, uh, into the priory and getting access to all the books that Salah has limited access. limited access. Uh, but he gets access nonetheless. Uh, so he seems pretty happy about that. Uh, you know, things are gonna go go great for him. He's immortal, and everyone else here smells of piss. Huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and over uh, in um, Dracula Castle place area, <laughs> Alucard is living his daily life when he notices that he's about to be attacked and does very cool anime move, uh, pinballing a rock off a bunch of trees while also super speed running to tackle someone else. Uh, He's been visited by a pair of twins from Japan, yes, uh, who have apparently come all this distance to learn how to kill vampires, because they were slaves in the court of um, Cho, who was actually one of the vampires previous, uh, showing up in season one and season two, uh, who was part of Dracula's court. Yes, uh, the very cool, very creepy Japanese one that did the did the great uh apparate into a room as a bunch of smoke and then do the soulless pit eye scream face at you maneuver yeah she um, she she was very well versed in in mist form uh mm. <laughs> which is which is once again another which is a symphony of the night ability that alucard uh learns eventually yep. 
um, before he <laughs> learns how to turn misform into poison gas form. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're here to learn. Uh, Alucard has been alone for a month and he's decided he doesn't like it. Uh, and, you know, here's the Belmont Hold and Dracula's Castle and Alucard himself to learn from, or the Alucard, the yes. anti-Dracula, as they, they they sort of bestowed as a title rather than just an alternate name. Uh, in this case, it's like, you know, uh, if you're going to if you're going to pussy out, don't come in, don't don't come in on this. I don't want to try and teach you something only to have to stop partway. They're like, no, nah, we're full in. Uh, we we want to learn how to kill vampires, and you just told us you have access to basically all the knowledge of the world. Um, so there there are a couple of really fun and interesting points about these two um, mm. that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, they yeah. don't know that Cho's dead. Um, mm. Yeah, they they were coming to not only learn from the Alucard. Uh, and uh, it should be noted that they do actually, in fact, know uh, Alucard's real name. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they say that, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but more importantly, they're like, yeah, we came to the, we came to learn from you to defeat Cho. And Alucard's like, oh, if it was like one of the vampires in Dracula's court, she's already dead. Uh, which immediately, like, made me flash back to, oh, yeah, that's right. So I have turned her into ice and then just smashed her with, yeah. like, no issue. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. kids. Your journey. <laughs> it's literally like the, you, you, uh, the DM played a real mean trick on those two. And they got <laughs> to the final boss and found out that she was already dead. Yeah. But it, it it doesn't matter. There's lots of other vampires in Japan that we got to deal with anyway. So we got to learn. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Alucard because he's a lonely boy. Uh, because he he found fa the family and camaraderie uh, after uh, a, a great deal of time of not really having that uh, anymore. Uh, willingly uh, uh, brings the two into the fold. Um, and then, um, smash cut to Camilla's castle, <laughs> where Hector and Lenore have their first meeting. Uh, mm. uh, Hector is, of course, cagey and, uh, untrusting of Lenore, who threatens one of the vampire guards for treating their guests so poorly, and he's like, what was that? Was that, like, to engender, like, some camaraderie between the two of us? Oh, you did something <laughs> nice for me, and now I'm supposed to... Like, I like that yeah. he, he's at least learned that... <laughs> Why would he that... so? He's been marching for a month <laughs> barefoot through the snow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always <laughs> thought that it was like, oh, that's weird that you don't have stumps, because you should have gangrene on your feet by now, depending on how long you... Fire. He's Dep fine. <laughs> yeah, depending on how long you've been walking in the snow barefoot. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, to be fair, he probably started with shoes. Yeah, yeah, oh, he did. <laughs> he yeah. absolutely did start <laughs> with shoes. Well, um, there you go. He's fine. <laughs> and uh, Lenore's like, hey, you want, you want, uh, you, hey, boo-boo, you want a bite of my picnic basket? Uh, and, <laughs> and he's like, 
all right, fine. And then try immediately tries to assert himself when he's in absolutely no position to do so. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, listen, you try your best. But, well, I mean, you know, he knew that he was not in a good position. He, he admits, like, I probably can't actually kill you with this, but you'll be talking mm. to a hole in your throat. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he fails to remember that uh, some vampires are trickier than others, and so Lenore turns into a cloud of bats and then recorporealizes and just beats the ever-loving crap out of him. Yep. Because she's a vampire and he's a lonely, emaciated man in a cell. Yes. <laughs> like, that that's the thing, is like, we've seen humans fight and kill vampires plenty, but they're all people who are like, at the top of their game, essentially. Like, you know, it's been Trevor and Cypher and Isaac have all fought vampires and won, no problem. But, you know, they hadn't walked for 30 days and then been thrown in a cell with moldy bread. And um, ice water. <laughs> and ice water. Don't forget the ice water. <laughs> um, um, I did want to bring up a point, uh, because while, uh, because we, while we didn't get into specifics... Uh, uh, mm. of it uh the isaac and the captain have a very long uh discussion about isaac uh, yeah uh, and isaac uh brings up the point that he learned how to be a forge master mm. um like it took years of of, of study in order yes. to uh to become a forge master and i Looking back previously, I have to contrast that with Hector, who seemed to naturally have that ability to begin with. He's because, born, born with it, I think. Right. Um, yeah. So he's, um, and I think this also uh, is a really good contrast of of their opposing worldviews, because as we've discussed previously, Hector thinks of basically everything as an animal except for humans, who he just thinks mm. need need a a slight culling, uh, and yeah. think that vampires are noble, but also just like cats. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Isaac's like, yeah, I had to train. To I had to train myself uh, to how to do this. People hunt me because I'm I'm. They believe I'm magical. I have my bodily components mm. are magical. Yeah, um, I might be. I might be delicious. Right. And, <laughs> right. Uh, and we also uh, we also get the this this idea that Isaac believes that what he's doing is also in accordance to God's plan. Um, mm. That yeah. That one day uh hell will be emptied of all its souls and the door and its doors will rattle in the wind uh yeah. so even though he's like he was totally on board with dracula's genocide he never framed himself as like this agent of evil he oh no yeah um my my business is liberation souls from hell just right Freeing them from their mm. punishment. Yeah. Right. Well, like, so that that they can ultimately enact God's will, which is mm. like murdering all the people. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, his point of view is that people are innately evil, 
so you got to kill them and when you kill them there's this convenient body here that you can use to pull the soul of someone who's suffering in hell out back into the world to do good things because they're being controlled and don't do evil things because i would never tell them to do an evil thing me, Isaac, the man who ran through town with all of these monsters. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, I, I think that I think that those two di- very different experiences for between Hector and Isaac also mm. informs a lot of their character, and I, I appreciate that those threads only really come together if you look back. Uh, at these characters, especially yeah. during these formative moments that the show gives us in in the previous season. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think out of all the, the lengthier conversations that um, Isaac's had, this one with the cat is probably the best, just to mm-hmm. mm. give him more food for thought. And, yeah, yeah, and, and like give him a moment to breathe and like reframe what he's been doing and maybe what his goals are because the, the captain's like I'm all for revenge you know the if someone's screws you over you need to fix that but mm. then then what like what what are you doing afterwards yeah you know, you, 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 your brings... thing, the thing you were doing is done or once it's done what you're just gonna go murder everyone else I mean what do you what's, what's the game plan here yeah and um, he he gives the inspirational quote that you know, don't let yourself be part of someone else's story, be part of your own, uh, which does actually wind up being super important overall to Isaac's storyline. You know, his whole thing is about growing as a person and regaining control of, you know, his plans for life and what he wants to do in the world. Uh, and again, his character, this this nameless captain, super influential in that. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, once again, I like watching Hector get beat up uh, because he's <laughs> such a he's such a baby. He's such a baby, and all mm-hmm. <laughs> he's such a baby, and literally, this is all his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> over in Lindenfeld. Um, Trevor and Cypher out enjoying the day. Uh, Cypher sort of convinces Trevor they should move on. You know, it was nice to stay here for a couple of days, but we should go do more adventures, do more things like fight night creatures riding flying goats that poop flaming goat crap down onto farms, which sounds like a time. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I like all the, the anecdotal bits of tales and the, the road mm. pirate. Every, every, it's like oh, it's not just them remarking; it's other good. people going stupid games, like mm. a boat sail on a wagon, and everyone's just yeah. like this stuff that you never see, but is just kind of filling the world a little bit. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. without, Adding without to the feeling edges. like it's like exposition. Yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. we don't need to see this, but it's good to know it's around. Like right, they're not yeah. just quipping at each other. No, these are things they've experienced. Um, the judge absolutely sneaks up on them. Uh, yep. It appears menacingly out of thin air, uh, and, uh, demands they come have some tea, you know, have a good chat. He's like, you're, uh, you're coming, come with me. And they're like, about to fight him. He's like, to have some tea. 
some tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah, uh, he invites them into his lovely home, uh, which features such interesting things as a key on a plate and a lock on the on a section of wall for no apparent reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like this character, but man, um, he's a, he's a bit of a weirdo. Uh, he he speaks about what is going on in Lindenfeld, like how the Priory got how it is, uh, which the answer is a bunch of night creatures attacked along with Ludwig the Accursed. Uh, and while uh, his his town guard are very effective at their jobs and great at holding them off, uh, the, the weirdest night creature, which has been nicknamed the Visitor, uh, evaded them, crashed through the Priory roof, and then began speaking to the monks within uh, you know, we do the whole like uh, psychedelic lights coming out the windows. Uh, this creature speaking in tongues. It's like the next day, Sala came out and said, "No one's going inside." Uh, Cameron, <laughs> I hate to disagree with you, but it is mm. clear I, I, I can I, uh, uh, what what the night creature actually did was considering yeah. the space, uh, mm-hmm. uh, considering the, you know the priory space. Uh, and it's uh, fantastic acoustics. It clearly, given its appearance, wanted to put on a, the best EDM concert that uh, <laughs> that uh, the <laughs> the 18th century could oh, provide, man. and wanted you know, all, all of the monks uh, <laughs> because it it produces a fog machine. It's got a fog mm-hmm, machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's got all of the lights. It brought its own shrooms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like and clearly that's why that's why that's why Sala's yeah. eyes don't close anymore because oh, he saw the, he saw the best EDM concert in the history of the world and it was from this night night creature yeah oh for sure um but yeah uh Sala and the other monks came out in the morning all messed up uh, with a whole bunch of night creature bits, and they're like, yeah, we got rid of it. No one else needs to come in here ever again. No one's allowed in, just us. Uh, and started putting on their alchemical armbands and acting extremely, uh, well, sala e. Uh, and then a few days later, this priest shows up at town, covered head to toe in blood, uh, walks up to the priory, and they let him in. It's like, no, nah, he's one of us. He's our monk now. And it keeps happening. It, um... Constantly, <laughs> it was it was really interesting because like that little detail, I was like, ah, that's a weird like darkest dungeon kind of detail. Mm. Like, oh man, yeah. this area is so corrupt now that now crazy pe- it's just drawing crazy people to it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, like uh, with the visuals of this particular night creature, of course, it's the darkest dungeon starting. <laughs> It's it's all very um, th- this is like a great mix of like a uh, color out of space and some other Cthulhu-y things. Like this thing has landed in town, and there's all this weird people saw weird lights and heard weird sounds, and the the people who are right there at the time are acting all strange about it. It's um a little more Lovecrafty than all, most of the night creature stuff has been up to this point, which is really nice. It's starting to get really weird. Uh, and, um, you know, he, he said, well, initially I was gonna pay you, but, uh, you guys seem like you would enjoy this, 
Right. So uh, I'm just going to say you should do it. And Cypher's really into the idea, and Trevor manages to get them to at least pay their rent while they're here. Rent their room out. Um, I, I do like... Oh, oh yes. I just wanted I just wanted to make the point <laughs> that I do like that the judge is like, okay, who are you people? And they tell mm. him, and he doesn't believe, yes. <laughs> believe them until <laughs> Sypha shows that she can produce magic, and he's like, oh, you are a speaker, and you are the last Belmont. Oh, and yeah. you also killed Dracula? Yeah, you should, you should, uh, your, your investigation team go figure out what's yes. going on. <laughs> What's that? I tried something people fun in my for town. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Trevor and Cypher continue to be extremely cute with Trevor staring dead ahead while Cypher makes the eyes at him. He's like, I'm not going to look at you because I'll crack. <laughs> then he starts like sweating. It's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll crack like an egg. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It's very sweet, uh, and that's there's, that's there's the setup about her mm. freezing little feet. Yes. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. That that's the that's the setup. Lindenfeld is like a murder mystery Cthulhu investigation arc, um, with the character Saint Germain sort of poking around in the same kind of stuff they're going to be poking into. Uh, Isaac is on his philosophical journey of self discovery and murder. Uh, Yes. Uh, and Carmilla and her friends are going to play with Hector and eventually take over uh, part of Eastern Europe. These are sort of the, the initial plot threads we've uh, hung all together. And of course, uh, Alucard is becoming a teacher. Yeah. Doing yeah. something peaceful after he had to murder his father. I like that he was bored out of his mind for like a month and didn't bother mm. cleaning anything up out of the two oh, places God, that no. really need to be cleaned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had forgotten about that, and and like the disrepair in both like cool. the Belmont hold and yeah. Dracula's castle actively made me kind of upset. I was like, it's been a month, <laughs> and you have super speed. It it would take you literally no time. I'm like, yes, I get it. You're grieving over your dead father who you who you murdered, but please come on, God, at man. least clean up the clean. wine cellar. <laughs> I mean, and there's something uh, to be said for that kind of depression setting in, and he's oh, it's yeah. probably just overwhelming. You look at it and go, like, where do I even start? You know what? Yeah. I, yeah. I need oh. to go catch a fish. Like, you start just yeah. doing other stuff, anything to avoid the thing you're probably supposed to be doing. Right. Oh, man, uh, do, uh, do a Viscera cleanup detail mod that's just a classic Castlevania Dracula's castle. Oh yeah, pass. Yeah, you're following after whatever Belmont has been through the level. Yeah, yeah, that'd actually be very fun. I have to light so many candles. How do I mop on the ceiling? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the answer, but yeah, is that's possible. But yeah, that that's our setup for for season three in three episodes, and it does a really mm. good job. Of balancing all of these different storylines, even granted, oh, yeah. Hector and Carmilla's intertwined with one another, but they're still like what four, five different pro yeah. plot threads going on all at once. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, it's a lot, and they managed to handle it pretty well thus far. As a spoiler, they managed to handle it pretty well throughout the rest of the season. It's fine. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Um, the the show is good, guys. It's all well and good. Um, yeah. Uh, we've already talked a lot about how we enjoy the show and what we like about the show and all these various things. So um, shan't harp on too much more about it. But yeah, that's it. Um, we will presumably uh, in a two weeks be continuing on again with uh, even more season three of Castlevania. Uh, send your thoughts. Send your feedback if you want. Uh, we are always happy to hear from our listeners. Uh, until then, Leonard, where can people find you online? Yes, people can find me online uh, at, on Twitter uh, at Dr. Faust is Dead. People can find my uh, video essay work on YouTube by also searching Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, and Dave, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Sandinot underscore plus, uh, and you can also find back episodes of the podcast at posturegear.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, and anyone who looks at my feed, I'm giving a, a blanket recommendation for our listeners. Uh, you should watch Fear Street on Netflix. There's two films out right now, uh, 1994 and 1978. Uh, this next Friday, the last film, 1666, will be released. Uh, it's a three-part horror film. I've really enjoyed the first two bits, and I think it's worth checking out. Um, that's that's my hot recommendation, because that's about all that's been on my Twitter feed the last two weeks, is me saying, hey, these two movies are good. <laughs> um, you can also find the podcast itself at mon underscore dmonster on Twitter, uh, where we put up our episodes and say hey we're going to be covering this all that kind of stuff you can also contact us there if you would like um but until our next meeting of the minds uh i hope everyone stay safe i hope everyone enjoys some good monster media of any particular kind uh and we will all see you in the next episode bye-bye bye-bye goodbye <laughs>